Hello everyone and welcome to episode 38 of Added Time, a Games and Grab Studio podcast and I'm back already. Quick turnaround time this week with the podcast because there's just so many fixtures and so much going on in the wonderful world of football. So let's get straight into looking at the results from the Premier League games from this week. And then what I'll do is I'll talk about this weekend and the upcoming games as well and a couple of other bits and pieces that I want to go through. So let's have a look. Uh, first off, we had Leeds versus Leicester. Uh, a big game down at the bottom of the table. 1-1, it finished. I can see signs of improvement in Leicester. And I thought that Leicester were the better team in the game and probably deserved three points. I don't think anyone would have argued against it had the game finished in Leicester's favour. Uh, Leeds did take the lead. So again, Leicester having to come from behind. Not kept a clean sheet now for, I believe it's 18 games, which is... You're always gonna you're always gonna be on the back foot, aren't you? If you can't keep a clean sheet, then you're always gonna it's always gonna be difficult to win games. And that's been Leicester's biggest problem this season is one being able to keep a clean sheet, and two being able to keep hold of a lead when we do have one. So despite that, there are signs of improvement. It was such a shame that Yuri Tillerman's opener was disallowed. It was offside, we can't argue with it, you know. I don't really have a problem with VAR when it comes to offside because for me it's it's fair it brings a fairness into the game but what one hell of a strike and we've always known that Yuri Tillemans has got a good strike on him you know we saw it in the FA Cup final that wonderful goal that he scored and there's been other times where you know Brentford away last season that was an unbelievable goal but this season he really seems to have stepped up on the on the long range shooting you know there was two games this season where he scored absolute bangers uh the first time volley against man city at home which edison tipped onto the bar was sensational uh and then the other night as well really unlucky but like i say i can see signs of improvement in leicester it's a shame that ian acho is now going to be looks like he's going to be ruled out until the end of the season I think with Iheanacho is there's a lot of fans out there, Leicester fans especially, that look at Iheanacho and think he's not a very good striker. But for me, it's what he does off the ball. It's the hold-up play. It's the bringing players into it. And the fact that he was able to play a through ball to Madison, who then passed it to Vardy and Vardy finished, he did all of that whilst also having just torn is abductor muscle which i guess is a muscle that you've got around you know the 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 groinage area i mean i don't know i've got no freaking muscles in that area at all um but anyway yeah he did all of that he was injured and was still able to outside of the foot pass it to madison madison lovely weighted ball through to vardy and Vardy getting his first goal in nearly a thousand minutes of football. And he enjoyed it. He really enjoyed it. He gave the Leeds fans some stick. So did Madison as well. And again, unfortunately, you know, he did score a second goal, but ruled out for offside uh, again. So, look, I'm I'm still hope. I'm, 
I don't know. I, 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 it changes literally hourly with me at the moment. Sometimes I look at the fixtures and I think, I think there's seven points there that Leicester can get, and I think that means that they'll just about stay up. And then other times I think it's too late. It's too little, too late. And and then when you see other results happening as well, and you just think this is going against Leicester big time. But there is still hope. There's still a chance because there's still five games to play for most teams. And the next game for Leicester is absolutely massive. I keep saying this. I feel like I've been saying this every week for about the last two months. Saturday's game is massive. This next game is massive. You know, Villa at home was massive. Lost. Bournemouth at home was massive. Lost. You know, Wolves at home. Massive game. Potentially one of the biggest games in the club's history, some people were saying. Okay, we won. Leeds is a massive game. And then now Everton is a massive game. They're all massive. They're all massive games. So let's let's wait and see. Um, like I say, it does keep it does keep Leicester. Unfortunately, are still in the bottom three due to uh, Forest winning, which I'll come on to. And Leeds are only still a point outside, uh, but they have got a massive, <laughs> massive game against Bournemouth this weekend. So still all to play for. Down at the bottom of the table. Let's move on to other results. Aston Villa 1, Fulham nil. Villa flying. I keep saying it every week, how well they're doing. They're currently sitting in sixth, level on points with Spurs. Not much in it in terms of goal difference, but both teams do have difficult games coming up as well. So that fight for fifth, sixth is it's uh, it's close. And you've obviously got Liverpool behind as well. I said it last week, I don't think Villa have quite got enough to push for the top four. But you know what? It, it's must be it, You must be feeling really positive if you're an Aston Villa fan right now because Emery wasn't there from the start of the season. He came in partway through. Gerrard was sacked. So giving him a summer where he can you know work on the squad even more and implement... His, his own ways more and more and bring some of his own players in as well. Uh, yeah, Villa could be in for a really, really good season next year. And if they do qualify for the Europa League, what better manager to have than Unai Emery uh, in that situation. So uh, Wolves 2, Palace nil. So Wolves picked up a win following their defeat at Leicester. Crystal Palace, I think that's their first defeat under Roy Hodgson. But I do think that Palace will be safe now they're on 37 most people thinking that 36 will be enough so I think Palace will be okay now but mathematically can still go down uh, I'll come back to Man City Arsenal because obviously that was the big game from this week and the the biggest probably talking point of all but West Ham did lose 2-1 to Liverpool at the London Stadium so again West Ham 34 points, not 100% safe just yet. Chelsea, woes continue, losing 2-0 at home to Brentford. And it really isn't working, is it, for uh, Frank Lampard? So their last five games, they've picked up one point. 
and that was a nil-nil draw, which always seems to happen with Liverpool. You know, defeats away to Wolves, defeats at home to Brighton and at home to Brentford. And next up, Arsenal for Chelsea. Now, mathematically, so Leicester are on 29 points. There are 15 points to play for and Chelsea are only 10 points. I say only. They are 10 points ahead. Mathematically, Chelsea can still go down. Now, I think the good news is for Chelsea is Leicester aren't going to get 10 points. And the teams around there aren't going to get 10 points. And I imagine Chelsea will pick up a win or two, you would think, coming up. Let's have a look at their fixtures. Away at Arsenal next. That isn't going to be next Tuesday. That isn't going to be easy. Then they've got Bournemouth away, Forest at home, Man City away, Man United away, and Chelsea at home. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Six points out of them, realistically, I think. Wow. Chelsea could really finish... Chelsea could finish really far down this table, couldn't they? One of the six points puts them on 45. Yeah. No, no, yes, it does. It puts them on 45. So, no, look, they're not going to get dragged into a relegation battle. Let's be serious. But it's a terrible season for Chelsea. When you look at the fact that they... you know, It feels so long ago now that, that we had that incident at the start of the season where Tuchel and Conte squared up to each other in the Chelsea-Tottenham game. That was this season. It feels like it was two seasons ago. I think because obviously we had the World Cup in between, but so much has happened. You know, Tottenham have gotten rid of Conte and gotten rid of the interim manager. Chelsea brought Potter in and then have now brought Lampard in as an interim and that's not working. It's been a it's been a strange season. It really has. And it's been one to forget to Chelsea. But we've seen this before with Chelsea where They'll have an absolute stinker of a season. 15-16 was the perfect example. They'd won the league in 14-15. And then I think they finished 10th, 15-16. And then 16-17, they signed Kante. And they win the league again. So, look, I'm not saying Chelsea are going to win the league next year. But you've got to think at some point that having spent so much money on all these players. And if they can just settle down with a manager, a, a a top level manager not i mean Tuchel is a top level manager in my opinion but there's got to be some stability there they need a manager a quality manager that's going to come in they need to just stop buying players unless they desperately need one you know through injuries or whatever find their best 11 and go from there big changes at Chelsea this summer I said it last week as well I think there's going to be some big changes uh, in terms of especially players and obviously manager as well. Yeah, not too good for Chelsea. And then uh, a result which I didn't uh, particularly enjoy was Forest 3, Brighton 1. Uh, push Leicester back into the relegation zone and Forest are just out of it, but they are not out of the woods just yet. That was a good pun, that was, wasn't it? Um, and... I said it in one of my very first uh, podcasts that 
if Forest were to stay up this season, it'll be that it'll be the results they get at home that will get them, that will keep them up. And you know, obviously, Brighton coming off the back of that semi-final FA Cup defeat as well. Maybe there's a little bit of feels like our season's over now. So maybe maybe Brighton aren't going to be picking up too many points. But they've had a great season. You know, they're, they're, a, they're a team now, Brighton, that, you know, others are looking at with a little bit of envy uh, because they don't spend, you know, tens of millions on players. You know, they're not going out there spending 70, 80 million on, on midfielders or wingers and stuff like that, but they are able to compete. And, you know, for, for them to get to an FA Cup semi-final is brilliant. You know, they could have potentially pushed for Europe this season, but I don't think that's going to happen now, so... Still a good season for Brighton, and I imagine that they will just keep going. You know, strength to strength. They will... Yeah, I can't get words out. It's early. It's early for me, anyway, uh, to be recording. I'm recording this on a Saturday morning. So, can't get words out. But I need to crack on, because I've got to go and take my son to football in just under an hour. So, crack on. Come on, get on with it, Steve. Uh, Spurs 2, Man United 2, so despite the heavy, heavy defeat and the embarrassment at St. James's Park, you know, Spurs did bounce back. Uh, they went 2-0 down against United, but a second-half display uh, that saw them come back. So, look, I think if for, if for Spurs, it's a case of let's just, let, let's just see how many points we can get between now and the end of the season and start again next season. Whether they start next season with Harry Kane and a couple of others remains to be seen. So, A big, big game down at the bottom. Southampton nil, Bournemouth 1. No team is officially relegated. No team is officially safe. Not in that bottom part of the table, at least. But it does feel now that, you know... Southampton with a goal difference of minus 30 and six points adrift with five games to go it does feel like Southampton it's only a matter of time before Southampton are confirmed relegated uh, Bournemouth have done have done brilliant and they're on 36 so I think another one or two points from their remaining games will see them safe and for Southampton you know heartbreak at the end Che Adams with a goal in the 89th minute only for it to be ruled out as offside. So, yeah, it could be the end of the road for Southampton. And I guess it remains to be seen who will potentially join them in the championship. One of those teams that could potentially be joining them is Everton, and they were 4-1 losers at home to Newcastle, who are just unplayable at the minute. And the goal from Alexander Isak... It reminded me of a Ronaldinho did it for Barcelona, and I was and I was there. I was in the stadium. I was at the New Camp when he did this. He got the ball on the halfway line, pretty much similar to sort of Isaac, and he beat a few players, took a few players on, took it right to the to the byline, goal line, whatever you want to call it. And then dribbled along the goal line, and then had same as Isaac had that shot, you know, you know, because the angle is ridiculous. It comes out, but I mean, Newcastle did score. I mean, Barcelona didn't score. Uh, if I remember rightly, I think it was Xavi smashed it over the bar. But 
it was unbelievable to watch and Everton just I know they just collapsed but again it's I know they're in a relegation battle and the fans want to see some fight at this time of the season but you've got to remember that losing to Newcastle and losing heavily if you're a team that are down there it's not necessarily it's obviously a bad thing if you lose but do you know what I mean it's not kind of a devastating result because Newcastle are just brilliant at the minute was playing so well and I, I do think that they are nailed on for top four you know they're third they're a couple of points ahead of United but United have got a game in hand but more crucially is that they are eight points ahead of Spurs in fifth and Newcastle have a game in hand on Spurs. So I think, you know, top four is pretty much nailed on now for for Newcastle. So uh, wonderful job that Eddie Howe's done. I know they've got money and I know they have spent, but like I've said before, I sound like a broken record, but they've not gone and spent stupid, stupid money. They've just gone and replaced players with better players, which is all you can really ask for, isn't it, as a fan? is that if you're going to lose players or sell players, at least replace them with someone that's equally as good or better. Right, so let's go back to the big game from the week, which was Man City versus Arsenal. And as many predicted, Man City were unbelievably dominant in this game. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne is a player that still even at my age I you know when you get to sort of my age and you get to 37 you've watched as much football as I have sometimes you look at these footballers and they're you know they're all younger than me now but I don't think there's many Premier League players or any Premier League players that are older than me but anyway my point being is that it's a bit weird to look at at someone who's younger than you and go and, and be like and just be, you know, mesmerized by them. Now I, don't, I wouldn't say I idolise Kevin De Bruyne, but oh my god, what a what a player! For me, like a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I know you've got Modric and Casemiro, and just trying to think of some of the midfielders, Kante. Um, you know, whatever. I'm trying to think of midfielders. Busquets and players like that. I know you've got that. And, and Jude Bellingham coming through. He's going to be a sensei. He's, well, he already is. And he's going to have an unbelievable career, hopefully. But for me, Kevin De Bruyne right now is the best midfielder in the world. He walks into every single team in the world. He gets in that Real Madrid team. He gets, obviously, into the Man City team. He is key to that team. He walks into the Barcelona team. He probably walks into the Bayern Munich team as well. PSG, definitely. And every other team in the Premier League. He walks into that midfield. He is so good. And, I mean, I even... When when he came off the other week against Leicester, and I was there, I wanted to applaud him. But I thought, I better not. But I looked round, and there were other Leicester fans applauding him. Because he's that fucking good. He is so good. And talking of players that are just so good as well, Erling Haaland, you know, people are just saying he's a flat-track bully, he's just a tap-in merchant, got two assists against Arsenal and a goal himself at the end with his hair down, 
flowing, looking like um, Vigo from Ghostbusters 2. It was glorious. It was glorious. That's Haaland's 49th goal of the season in all competitions. And we still, Man City still have five Premier League games to go, an FA Cup final, and potentially another three Champions League games, or at least two Champions League games anyway. So I think he will hit the 50 mark and potentially get to around 53, 54 goals. <laughs> Amazing. Unbelievable. Uh, Arsenal did get a goal about 86 minute, but by then, you know, it was it was it was three one at that point, and then Harlan got the the goal in the in the 95th minute. Now, what I wanted to sort of say about this was, it almost felt like Man City had won that game before they even went onto the pitch. Now, that isn't me having a dig at Arsenal's mentality or anything like that. What we've got to remember is that they have got one of the youngest squads in the Premier League. And nobody really expected them to be, to be top of the league, title chasing, title challenges, all of that sort of stuff. So I guess the, the debate right now is, well, if Arsenal finish second, is that success? I think what's frustrated me a little bit and don't get me wrong, it's not something I'm overly precious about. You know, it's not like I'm an Arsenal fan or anything like that. But people seem to be forgetting that Arsenal are still top. Yes, I get it. Man City have got two games in hand. They are only two points behind. And I can't remember the last time Man City lost a game. Or even dropped points. So I do completely get why people are saying, well, that's it, Man City have won the league. But I do actually think that that is... I think part of that is massively disrespectful to Arsenal because, look, I've I've been there myself when my team was top of the Premier League and Tottenham were chasing and they'd be like six points behind and if Leicester dropped a point but Spurs won or dropped a couple of points and Spurs won... It would be, oh, Tottenham, Tottenham, are, Tottenham are going to do it. Tottenham are going to win the league. You know, Leicester are going to bottle it. Blah blah blah. And, you know, it was, it was what I think it was what spurred Leicester on. Um, and I think that that's what Arsenal need to do. Arsenal need to use this now as, you know what? Fuck you lot. We are still top of this league. We've earned our right to be where we are. And, you know. If if Man City, effectively, if Man City don't lose a game now, that's it. They've won the league, haven't they? But you know what? Arsenal shouldn't give up, and I don't think I don't think the fans should give up either because you're still top of the league. Now I get it. I do completely get it because looking at Man City's last results, the last time that they dropped points was away at Forest. Like I said, <laughs> Forest home form probably keep them up. Last time they lost a game was the 5th of Feb to Spurs. And Spurs seem to have this weird thing over Man City anyway. They're a bit of a they're a bit of a bogey team, even though they did, you know, they did Man City did beat them 4-2 earlier on in the season. They did lose then, you know, they lost they lost the uh, the Manchester Derby. But the run that they've gone on, yeah, I completely get why people are saying, 
well, it's now City's to lose. But Arsenal fans shouldn't give give up hope. Saliba looks like he's been a massive, massive miss. I, uh, you know, they don't quite look the same. And, and look, I, I feel it feels bad for me to criticise Premier League footballers. All things considered, you know, even even semi professional footballers are a thousand times better than I ever was. But Rob Holding is not a centre back that you want to be able. Do you want to be bringing off the bench? or into the team when someone is injured to try and get you through to winning the title. I don't think there'll be many Arsenal fans that would disagree with me. Um, you know, he does have some good qualities. I think the one thing for me with with, with Rob Holding is, and ironically, it's he gets too close to strikers and he knows they're going to turn him, so he just holds on to them and pulls their shirt. You can get away with that sometimes. You know, if you're on the halfway line, you can get away with that two or three times and then take a book in. But eventually, it just looks like every time he comes up against a half-decent striker, it looks like he's just getting bullied every time. But look, I don't think, you know, Arsenal didn't plan to be, probably planned to be in a title race with, with um, you know, less than less than 10 games to go. So it's something that they probably need to address in the summer if they are if they want to go again, which I believe they can. They can go again. Fixture-wise for Arsenal, uh, Chelsea at home, which I do think they'll win quite comfortably. You know, this historically is a fixture that Arsenal fans probably go, oh my God, but Chelsea are having one, aren't they? So Newcastle away, that is a very, very tough game. Brighton at home. Now... Brighton are very much Arsenal's bogey team. Brighton have been the thorn in the side to Arsenal's season so many times in the last few years. Uh, and it's, again, they're playing them with three games to go. Forest away will not be easy. All depends what is going on with two games to go. Could Forest be relegated by then? Could they be? Could they even be safe by then? That game could become completely meaningless for Forest, and it's just about pride. And then final game of the season, Arsenal at home to Wolves. Now, you know, I, I, I'll have a look at the Man City fixtures, but let's face it, you don't fancy them losing to anyone at the moment. Fulham away, coming up. West Ham at home, Leeds at home, Everton away, Chelsea at home, Brighton away, Man City, uh, sorry, Brentford away. So, there's a lot of games there, and you've got to remember as well they are still in two other competitions. That could be something that determines this Premier League this season as to who's going to win it. The other thing, obviously, going for Man City is the superior goal difference. Currently, plus 53 compared to Arsenal's plus 40. I do think, despite what I've just said, I do think that. Man City will win it, but I don't think it's going to be a case of there's going to be a massive, massive gap come the end of the season. Because looking at those Man City fixtures and looking at the fact that they're still in the Champions League and in an FA Cup final, they could drop points. But I also think Arsenal will drop points as well. And it's just that two-game advantage that I think just tips it a bit in Man City's favour. But don't give up Arsenal fans. I know it probably feels like, oh, well, you know, fair enough, we've given it a good go and and all of that. But 
I think Arsenal fans should be immensely proud of, of, of the team this season. And, you know, the key thing for them will be keeping players, potentially keeping the manager as well, who, although I'm not a huge fan of his touchline antics, I do think it, some of it is for the cameras, very Pep-esque. Uh, I do think he is a talented manager, knowledgeable as well. And, you know, tactically, I think he's quite switched on. So, you've still got a lot going for you, Arsenal fans, and don't give up just yet. There we go. That was my review of this week. And, you know, not much else to talk about other than let's just have a look at the upcoming fixtures. So, we've got games today, Saturday, the 29th of April. Uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then back round to Saturday the 6th of May. Don't you just love it? <sighs> right. Let's go into this then. Crystal Palace against West Ham. I'm going to go for a Palace win. Brentford Forest. Uh, I always kind of fancy Brentford at home. Decent team, you know, and I know Forrest are battling and they have got goals in them, clearly. You know, they put scored three the other night. I'm going to go for a Brentford win, though. That's more hope than anything. Uh, Brighton Wolves, interesting one. You know, can Brighton bounce back or for them, is it a case of season over and, you know, get me on that beach? I'm going to go for a draw in this one. Bournemouth leads tomorrow at two o'clock humongous game however I do think this is going to be a Bournemouth win which will pretty much see them safe Fulham against Man City Man City win for me Villa uh, sorry Man United versus Villa at Old Trafford United uh, Newcastle Southampton I'm going to go with Newcastle of course why wouldn't I and Liverpool Spurs. I mean, at Anfield, uh, you know, if this was if this was a way, I might have said, you know what, I th- I think I think this could this could potentially be a draw. Given that it's at Anfield, I do think that this is going to be a Liverpool win, and it, it it could be quite high scoring as well. Frustratingly, I think four of Leicester's next five games are on a Monday. Leicester do not have another Saturday three o'clock kickoff. Uh, now until the start of next season whatever division that may be but monday monday's going to be horrible i mean we're on a we've got a bank holiday on monday which is lovely so we ain't got to go to work looks like the weather's going to be decent but it means i've got to wait all day to get myself to the king power for a monumental game you know we've said massive huge you know gargantuan Biggest game in the club's history, some might say. Leicester Everton. Ah, fuck it. Leicester. Leicester win. Leicester to win. 4 0. Fucking hell, I've done it now. I've said it. I've said it on recording. Arsenal Chelsea on Tuesday. I'm going to go for Arsenal there. And then on Wednesday, back round to more fixtures Liverpool Fulham. So I'm going to go for Liverpool there. And I think Man City will beat West Ham at the Etihad and then Thursday the 4th of May Brighton against Man United a rerun of the FA Cup semi-final 
I'm going to go for a draw in that one. So that's my predictions for this upcoming lot of fixtures. It's mental this time of year, isn't it? You know, the game's just coming thick and fast and yeah, it's great. It is great. Uh, a couple of other little bits and pieces. So Burnley are back in the Premier League. We knew that they were officially promoted uh, because uh, that happened a few weeks ago that they would definitely be going up automatically. I mean, they've absolutely pissed that league. Um, but they are now officially champions as well and they did it away at their big rivals Blackburn as well which is uh, there's been some top top shithousery uh, going on with that it's been uh, it's been f- it's been funny to watch uh, Sheffield United they can only be a couple of uh, a, a couple of points off getting automatic as well they have a game in hand on Luton in third and they are seven points clear. So you would imagine that... Uh, so how many games do they play in the championship again? 46? Yeah. One more win. One more win and they've done it. Or have they done it already? I don't know. It's too early for maths. In the playoffs, interestingly, you've got Luton, Middlesbrough, Millwall and Cov. Um, I think Luton, Luton and Middlesbrough are guaranteed playoffs. It's still very much up for grabs for the other teams as well. So Millwall are on 68, but they've played a game more than Cov. Uh, Cov are 6 on 66, and then Sunderland are on 65. Blackburn are on 65. West Brom are on 63. So 69. So yeah. Um, and then you can go to actually, you can go down as far as Preston in 10th that could technically still get in the playoffs if fixtures went their way it's very much in it's very much in in Millwall and Cov's hands really and I think Cov have got some favourable fixtures as well Uh, they're at home to to Birmingham to today they're at home to Birmingham today which I think they will win Uh, and then they're away at Middlesbrough on Monday May the 8th so that is that's a that's a massive game for them. That is, Millwall are at home to Blackburn in these next couple of games, and they also have, where is it? Can't see it. Oh no, they've only got one more game. Yeah, so they've only got one more game to go, and it's against Blackburn. Can't get my words out. Yeah, so um, hotting up in the championship. Be interesting to see who comes up. Um, it's kind of made me smile a little bit when I keep seeing all these things about Luton and their away end and oh look you have to go you go through people's back gardens yes you know fans of you know I'm not trying to be elitist or anything in terms of I've seen my team play everywhere and up and down the country and in all the leagues because Leicester are crap and they get relegated but football fans that support teams that aren't always in the Premier League already know that Luton's away end backs right onto people's houses and when you walk up the steps you can see into people's kitchens and blah 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 and all of that we know we know but because Luton have got a sniff of getting into the Premier League the media are all like oh look look at Luton's shitty ground come on come on Worst case scenario for me is Cov go up, Leicester go down. Worst case, absolute. You know that is a 
that's a <laughs> that's put me that that will put me in therapy. I can't imagine that the powers that be would like Millwall to come up. I'm not going to say any more on that. I think it'd be interesting to see Middlesbrough go up uh, because I think Carrick, Michael Carrick has done an unbelievable job there. You know, Sunder, if Sunderland were able to get in at the expense of someone else, you know, again, the term big club is thrown around and, you know, people go, well, you're not a big club because you've not won anything, which, you know, I've had this debate before. But, you know, you look at you look at the fan base, size of the stadium and all of that and the history and everything. And Sunderland, are a, they are a big club, you know. Um, so, and same with Blackburn, former Premier League winners. So it's going to be interesting to see who else comes up. But it looks like, well, Burnley are up and champions. And then it looks like Sheffield United will be joining them as well. So Sheffield United back in the Premier League as well. So, yeah, interesting down at the bottom as well. Um of the championship but hey who knows next season there might be a lot more championship talk from me which means I'll probably get even less listeners right that's it for me I'm going to call it there because I've got to go out shortly 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 fucking hell I've got to go out shortly and yeah I'm sure you don't want to listen to me waffle on any longer don't forget to check out everything else that Games and Graps has to offer Finn Steele still doing some wonderful videos over on YouTube. Sonny has a brand new episode of The Clubhouse out now. Games and Graps podcast will come back at some point. I imagine they'll probably do make they they'll probably do one soon because last night was the was the draft in uh, in the WWE. So they'll probably do a they'll probably do one then around that and discuss that. And don't forget to like, follow, subscribe the podcast and follow all my socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook as well. And yeah, thank you very much for all your support, your continued support. Only a few more episodes to go of this season and fingers crossed that I am in a good mood come the end of all of this. My name's Steve. This has been episode 38 of Added Time. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Stay well. Come on, you foxes. And I will see you next time. Goodbye.